The Joy Unleashed show empowers and inspires women to reclaim their joy. We provide tools, resources, and connections to help you unlock your true potential through engaging conversations, expert insights, and transformative stories. We create a vibrant and inclusive community where women can break free from the limitations that hold them back. I'm joyologist Colleen Greco, and it is my honor to be your host. Let's get right into the show. If you feel like you're stuck, if you feel like you don't quite know your purpose, or maybe you know it, but you just can't find the path toward it. If you're uncomfortable in your own skin and want to finally master self-love, then we need to talk. I'm Colleen Greco, and I'm your joyologist. I help women just like you to reclaim the joy they feel is missing in their life through mindset coaching and nutrition coaching. Whether you have weight to lose or simply need to get your gut in check, I've got you. We'll work together to retire limiting beliefs. Those are the stories that are keeping you from your purpose. I need you to hear me. Those are the stories that we need to get rid of in order to get you on your path to your purpose. We will work together to get you that life you've always dreamed of. It would be my honor to connect with you. Reach out to me via Instagram at the Colleen Greco or email Colleen at ColleenGreco.com. Let's get you back to the show. Welcome back to the Joy Unleashed show. I'm your humble host, Colleen Greco, and your resident joyologist. And today I have the pleasure of welcoming Leah Drew to the stage. Welcome, Leah. Thanks, Colleen. I'm super stoked to be here. I'm happy to have you. Okay, that was funny. Um, <laughs> no, the, the listeners and the viewers have no idea what we're talking about. It's still, I think it's still funny. You are, um, you're doing great. You, you're killing it over here. Yeah. Do you, babe? Do you? Yeah. Um, so give us an idea of who you are, a little bit of your background. Totally. So my name is Leah Drew, as you know, and I call myself a mind-body healing guide. I'm also an empowerment coach, a speaker, a podcast host. I do all the things. And my biggest goal and intention is to help people connect deeper with themselves, build a sense of awareness, feel like a more empowered self-healer. What does that mean? It means the ability to know what's happening with their body and better support themselves physically, mentally, emotionally, and energetically. Because I recognize that our medical and healthcare system does not empower the individual over how to best support themselves. And through my own journey with chronic pain, mental health challenges, my own um, suicidal ideations, I just got to a place where I was miserable and I was in so much pain and my body was holding on to so much stress, trauma, and it was seeping into every aspect of my life. And it really put me on this journey to want to figure out for myself what to do because I was tired of looking towards someone else to tell me what to do or to tell me that this is the right path and really be wrong because the only person that knows truly what the right path for you is you. And so that's how I really stepped into what I'm doing. I absolutely love using my voice. I love helping others find their voice, step into their power, learn how to like find these tools to best support themselves so that they can feel good, so that they can like think clearly and so that they can create this life around them, whether that be in community, whether that be in business, whether that be in their home and in their families, enhancing their relationships, like all the things like I, I, this life gets to feel super good for you. And so that's what I'm here to help others step into. 
so beautifully said. Um, thank you for sharing all of that. I, I have a hundred questions, so I'll just start with. Let's go. Um, so you're talking about chronic pain and I'm just curious, was that as a result of injury or was that really a, a result of like anxiety and depression and it was manif manifesting itself in a physical form? Great question. It was both. Um, when I was 16 years old, excuse me, when I was 16 years old, I found out I had a pancreatic tumor the size of an orange and most people don't survive pancreatic tumors. So it was kind of a big deal. And Part of what led to that was all of the emotional stress and turmoil that I experienced as a young girl. Um, you know, epigenetics is the study of your environment and how your environment influences genetic expression, how your body acts, reacts, responds, um, your biochemistry, your physiology, all of those things. And so I started learning with time based off of when my symptoms started, what some of the catalysts were. And funny enough, um, a lot of my symptoms started shortly after receiving the first Gardasil vaccine. And during that time, I was experiencing a massive amount of stress and emotional challenges in my home, in my household. There wasn't a lot of feelings of safety <clears throat> mentally and emotionally, like physically, I was very safe. Um, and that led, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I want to like make that really clear. Like I am fully in support of vaccines and I'm also fully in support of clean vaccines and a supportive vaccination schedule that gives a child's body the ability to like recover and recuperate and like support itself. And, you know, in the world that we're living, there's so many environmental toxins and environmental factors that are playing a role in our bodies not being able to support itself. So back to your question about chronic pain. Um, over time, I started developing really severe chronic pain after major abdominal surgery. And no one could really help me understand why. And that's where I really started to dive into why does my physical body hurt so much? And... <clears throat> I started having like severe back pain, herniated three discs in my lumbar spine. And then I started to understand the role of internal inflammation, um, trauma, and emotional stress on the actual experience of physical pain and like organ function and physiology. And there was a huge role that the fascia was playing in my actual physical pain. Because when you have any type of surgery, your fascia is disrupted and then heals in a much stronger way. And your body's incredibly smart. So when the fascia heals, it heals to protect and prevent like any tearing of the tissue to happen again. And because your pancreas is in the back of the body, I had all of the scar tissue surrounding all of my internal organs, which was preventing like my digestion from working properly. It was preventing um, my core muscles from being able to contract and um, stabilize my spine and my pelvis. And so it was a mix of both. And then as I dove down this road of at the physical pain, I started to understand through reading and through different educational resources that 
the trauma and emotions play a huge role in that experience of physical pain. And so started with the physical, started to recognize that the physical is the last domino that's going to fall. And that's when I started really diving deep into um, subconscious reprogramming, into the brain, into how the body stores trauma, into Bruce Lipton's work, into Bessel van der Kolk's work, looking at how the body actually keeps the score on everything, not just in this life, but also in past lives, looking at your mom's life, your grandmother's life, your great grandmother's life. And if you know further back in your lineage, looking at that too, um, just a little tangent here. I actually had a really beautiful conversation with a friend a couple of days ago about how we have this like ingrained fear of being alienated from the tribe and being like excommunicated from the tribe. And that's something that we used to experience that everyone going back in your lineage at some point in time experienced this fear of like being removed or rejected or eliminated and kicked out of the tribe. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, all these things played a role in my experience of physical and yeah, physical pain. So you kind of touched on it, but maybe I'm drawing a connection that isn't there. Have you had your Akashic records done? And have you been able to, you know, pull anything out from that? I did. And there wasn't anything like majorly like highlighted for me. There were some things that came up around like Egypt. And so like I, which is actually interesting because a couple of years ago, I ended up in this like really deep meditation. Like all of a sudden I was just like gone into the ethers. I was like, okay, we're here. Um, (laughs) And I saw myself as a, um, like an Egyptian, uh, princess or queen or goddess, um, on this like golden chair. And I had this like really adorable, beautiful, like cat, like the sphinx cat next to me perched up on the chair. I don't really know what that means. I feel like it was just kind of like a past life that was being shown to me. Um, and what was really weird is like a couple of days later, I walked into the, the man I was dating at the time, I walked into his mother's house and I like sit down to go to the bathroom on the toilet and I look over and the freaking cats on the wall on a photo. Oh no. No. Nope. <laughs> Bye-bye. I like, I, I asked her and I was like, where did the photo come from? And she's like, oh, my friend brought it back from Egypt. It's like, oh, okay, cool. That's hilarious. I love it. But other than that, nothing major came up in my Akashic records, but open to having them read again. I don't know. Maybe there's more that, that needs to be revealed. Yeah, I haven't done mine yet, but I, I've had so many people say that like they've made so many really cool connections and it just helps them to know more about you know, their own body and, you know, their own journey. So <clears throat> that was, that was the reason I asked. Um, so when you're talking about like your physical pain and, you know, here you are post-surgery in a ton of pain, all the fascia tissue is just building up. And, and like you said, it is like, like a really thick spider web that can almost be worse than the, you know, the issues themselves. How did you begin to kind of, I guess, heal yourself? I mean, before we started recording, you know, you were talking about like snowboarding, all these different activities. So you're obviously in a much better place. How did you begin to kind of piece those things together to get yourself to where you are today? It was a really humbling process. Uh, I was a very intense athlete, have been my entire life. I was a competitive swimmer. Um, Immediately after my surgery, I got myself back in the pool and rehabbed myself in the pool. which was beautiful. And um, as I started developing really severe pain, this was towards the end of a bodybuilding competition. 
a bodybuilding prep that I was in. And at that point, I thought that like doing the bodybuilding show was going to like bring me joy. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't. Not so much. <laughs> no, not so much. I, I thought it was going to connect my mind and my body and it did the complete opposite. It yeah. disconnected me from my mind and my body. And it was after that show that I found myself standing on the edge of a, a high rise thinking about ending my life. And that was a big wake up call for me. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to leave here. Like my, my time here is not done. Like there's things I'm meant to do. <clears throat> and yeah. And so after going from being in a place where I was lifting a lot, deadlifting, like doing all these things with my physical body in the gym with kettlebells, and then like couldn't do any of it. And so it was humbling to step back and to have to like like reframe my relationship with exercise and what that actually meant. And mm -hmm. at the time I thought exercise was like going in the gym, getting a really hard workout in, like exhausting my body, sweating my butt off. And I reframed it to be exercise is movement and movement is whatever my body needs and wants and craves on any given day. If I go into the gym and I'm having pain, great. I get to spend you know, 60 minutes if I need to on the turf, on the ground, like getting to understand and connect with my body, like getting to release the areas that are tight, doing the exercises that are going to stabilize me and help me feel good because otherwise it's, I'm miserable and I don't want that. So, yeah, I, so we have a little bit of overlap in what we do, which I think is awesome. Actually, I, I never shy away from those kind of conversations, especially because sometimes, you know, we, uh, I don't know, it's nice to talk to somebody else that does similar things, but when I'm doing, you know, straight nutrition coaching with people, especially this time of year, you know, New Year's, everybody's like, that's it, I'm going to the gym. And they go and they try to kill themselves for three weeks at the gym, get frustrated and give it up. And I always say, working out is for your mental health and you probably can, you know, better than, than most, you know, agree with that. But that I've had plenty of clients who have lost over a hundred pounds and not worked out a day in their life. And the thing is, I'm not saying don't work out. I'll never say that, but I'm just saying do that because it brings you joy, right? You love to swim, go swim. I will probably drown, right? So I love to run. <laughs> so when I need to get some stress out, I try to go for a run or a Peloton ride or something like that. Other people it's yoga, right? So like do the thing that you know, your body likes and that you love and that helps get the stress out so that you can be the, the best version of yourself. And so I'm so glad that you came to that conclusion because there are lots of people, including about 200 right around the corner at the gym yep. right now that won't be there in two weeks. And that breaks my heart. It's like, you missed it. You missed the point. Our New Year's resolutioners. Yeah, you have a you have a great point. Like that is the point. Is like, what does your body want? What does it need? And like what's gonna bring you joy? Right. Yep. <clears throat> and you know, it's why I like to have so many options for movement, why I like to cross train so much, because you know, it's really hard for me to have like an exercise program and stick to it. And it's hard for me because I I can't foresee how my body's gonna feel next Wednesday. And so I like to check in on a daily basis with my body and like ask, like, what do you need today? Do you need rest? Do you want to swim? Do you want to just like go and sit in the sauna? You know, do you want to go climb some rock walls? Like, what do you want to do? Yeah. And I think that that's something we've gotten away from as society is, is learning how to question what it is that we 
are in need of and that we also desire and like communicate with your body and learning like how to do that and then acting on it. Yeah. Oh, totally. There are days where I'll do a ride, a Peloton ride, and you know, they have these, I don't know if you have a Peloton, but they have these programs that um, they'll, they'll include arms. So, you know, you ride for a little bit, stop and do some arms and they're a little three pound weights, but I'm telling yeah. you, they exhaust me more oh, yeah. than when I was at CrossFit, like lifting over a hundred pounds overhead, right? Like mm-hmm. way more painful and it's unbelievable. And it's like, you don't need a lot to get to that point of exhaustion if that's what you're looking for. And I think, you know, again, there's a disconnect between, you know, the results you're looking for and the effort that you need to put in. So um, just wanted to share that. I love that. Yeah. And you're so right. Like as long as you're moving your body, that's what's important. Like you don't have to be, you know, lifting, you know, a hundred plus pounds. You don't have to be lifting 15 pound weights doing shoulder flies, right? Like the, the little three pound weights, like they're, they're enough. You don't have to keep. They kill. (laughs) Oh yeah. They burn. They burn. Um, so I didn't ask it in the beginning, probably because I normally get distracted, but just to take a little break, tell us what brings you joy. What's the thing that, you know, lights you up inside? What does joy mean to you? There's so many things. You got time, girl. You can go through the whole list. Um, you know, I used to, I used to live a life that did not bring me any joy. I used to live a life that made me miserable, um, that I felt stuck, that I felt sad, that I was unhappy. And, and I really set out, to burn the things to the ground and to set boundaries around things that were were leading to that experience. And so, you know, I would <clears throat> I would say that there's a lot of things in my life today that bring me joy. And I see life being separated into four pillars. I see the physical, right, your health and your well-being. I see your relationships, I see your work and providership and spirituality. And I have found it is so important to find joy in each of those four pillars because each of my cat. (laughs) Pillar number five, my cat. (laughs) Yeah. Pillar number five, she knows it. (laughs) She's like, you forgot me. I'll let you know. Yeah, she does. Um, And so I've found that it's so important to find joy in each one of those pillars. And so for me, over the last couple of years, I have moved away from home. I actually moved across the country Friday, March 13th, uh, 2020, the day before quarantine. Oh, man. With my cat to California, <laughs> knowing nobody. And uh, she's getting into herself into trouble over there. Um, and so when we moved across the country, it was my opportunity to like start with a blank slate. And it was actually really beautiful because the whole world felt like it was kind of on pause. And so I didn't feel like I was moving into the city that was like pushing me and trying, like there were so many things to do. And I got to just like sit back and like reflect on myself. And that's where I got to discover the importance of really self-reflection and self-awareness is understanding like, where are you right now? What has led you to getting here? What's making you happy? What's not making you happy? What feels aligned? What doesn't feel aligned? And I start to like remove all these layers. It was wild, transformational, like eight months of being in this first home in LA. <clears throat> and I started to find these things that brought me joy. Movement is one of them. And 
having multiple ways to move my body based off of what I want to do. That brings me joy. Community. Community has been and has played the biggest role in finding joy and finding happiness and like loving my life. Community is so important. And when I say community, yes, family is important. Yes, you're, you know, you're, you're the people in your home are important, but having your sisters, like being able to connect in communities with women, being able to connect in communities that like co-ed communities where like platonic intimacy is welcomed and you are fully accepted and you have this mirror from another person that allows you to look deeper into yourself, that allows you to expand into new opportunities, that allows you to love yourself just a little bit more every single day. Um, and so I've found community to play a massive role in helping me step into my power, find my voice, align myself with the things that make me really happy. Um, My work, my work brings me so much joy. Like I used to, when I first started in business, I had an office and I was doing body work. I was personal training. Um, I was combining both together, doing a lot of pain management support. And I loved my clients. I was seeing like five to seven clients a day and I loved them, but I was burnt out and I was unhappy and I didn't like where I was in Massachusetts. And I shut it down after a year. I made like, I think $80,000 my first year in business. And I was like, this isn't for me. And people are like, what do you mean this isn't for you? And I was like, this isn't for me. (laughs) So I shut it down and moved out of the state temporarily to find myself. And you know, I've over the last couple of years really gotten clear on how work brings me joy and what aligned work feels like for me. And so that's a big part of it as well. And then there's the spirituality. It's like really being able to connect with my inner knowledge, right? That higher intelligence within me, being able to connect with spirit, God, source, the universe, whatever it is to you. And like really developing that relationship with that being, with with what is everything, right? And sitting in meditation, like self-exploration, like being able to play with energy and in moving it through my body. Um, all of these things, you know, on a, on a larger scale bring me so much joy. Um, singing, like over the last couple of years, I have a beautiful friend, her name is Zion. And uh, when I was living in LA, <clears throat> I started going to these community events and this first community event that I attended, the only reason why I found out about it is because I did a massage trade that I didn't actually want to do. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I was like, there's something about this that I need to do. Right. So there's that spirituality component. I was connected yep. to that. And so I was like, okay, like this, there's something about this. I don't want to, but I know I need to. So I go and we had like a dinner and then afterwards we had this jam session and everyone's like playing music and singing and this girl gets up on the mic and I'm like, oh my God. Like I couldn't tell if I was like, like attracted to her or if I was just like wanted to be her, like this gorgeous woman just expressing herself in her voice and sorry. And in that experience, she finishes singing on the microphone, hands the microphone to me, and she goes, it's your turn. And I was like, oh, my God, what do you mean it's my turn? <laughs> it's terrified. She goes, it's your turn to rap. And I was like, I don't rap. And she goes, you do now. And oh, I, I was it. terrified. 
But in that moment and in that experience, it brought this remembrance back to me that I used to sing all the time as a little girl. I was in the choir. I would sing solos and choruses and like in different events. And I was going to sing in a singing competition. When my parents got divorced, I stopped and I never did it. And I shut that part of me down. And so this experience reminded me of my voice and how much I love it. And in the last like two years, I've gotten to write my own music. I have like 15 songs I've written. I'm now like sharing it with the world around me. I have a couple of things recorded that are like my by myself. Um, and now like I'll find myself in like different medicine ceremonies and actually being able to share my voice like in the room with people that are moving through their own medicine journey, which is like so powerful and brings me so much joy to like use this like innate skill and this innate gift that I have to like guide people deeper into themselves. Um, so yeah, those are a couple of things that bring me joy. I know that was, that was kind of a lot. <laughs> just a few just a couple off the top of my head <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about um your clients you know how, how are you who what does the ideal client look like to you what is it like to work with you give us a little bit more and I, at the same time i will put up the information about your workshop cool so a little bit about this workshop before I dive into, into talking about my clients. Um, this workshop is for anyone that wants to just reflect on the last 12 months of their life, gain clarity around where they're at right now, as well as the things that are holding them back. And we also in this workshop set intentions around like the next 12 months moving forwards. But the big and most important thing here is like, especially around the new year, when you set intentions, but you're not clear about the roadblocks, the limiting beliefs, the things that are actually holding you back from achieving those intentions. I don't love the word goals personally. Um, it influences you and prevents you from like this experience of success. And we celebrate your wins and all these things. So this is a great opportunity for you to just like take a snapshot, hit pause, take a step back, be the observer of like where you're at right now and how you can move forwards with um, success. So that's the workshop, Awareness Seeker Workshop. <clears throat> You'll be added to the Holistic Healing Tribe when you opt into that. And that is um, my private email list where I offer tips, tricks, um, all this amazing, wonderful um, education just to support you and diving deeper into yourself, your healing journey. Um, but my clients. So I work with both men and women. Right now, I'm only working – well, that's not true. Right now, I'm working with men in two ways in um, – one of my group programs called the Mind Body Initiative and one-on-one. -on -one. Right now I'm feeling really called to foster more community experiences for women. And so a really big passion of mine right now is really supporting women as they step into their power, find their voice, set boundaries, uh, communicate more optimally, heal the relationships around them, look at their generational trauma and their ancestral trauma and what's influencing them from like really like stepping into all of themselves. Like I think not I think, I know, society really leads women to hide themselves, to shrink, to um, hold themselves back. And women are power. And so I love working with women and helping them like 
reconnect with their power and like step into all of themselves. And on top of that, like work on these four pillars of their life, their health, their relationships, their work and providership, and their spirituality. And as they can connect and build the foundations of each one of these pillars, they can heal, they can grow, they can expand. And when they can connect with their sisters in the process, oh my goodness, like the things that happen when like women are just in a room together, as you know, you went to this women's conference, like it's, oh, it's just so juicy and yummy. It's amazing. And I can tell you, so my kids are now 20 and 17. And so the at the time when they were babies, I actually had to hide the fact that I had kids. Like I, wow. I swore I would never find myself at an age where I could say like back in my day, but here I am. So back in my day, when I first started out and I, I had little babies, I could never even acknowledge that I had kids. I never talked about being married. I never talked about family. It was all about work. The answer was always yes. It was never about, I have to leave early to pick up the kids. I had to make my husband jump through those hoops. Like, so to be at a place now where, you know, people are working from home and watching, like, and parenting their kids, not watching, but parenting their kids is like, like mind blowing. A, I don't know even know how they do it because kids are a lot of work mm -hmm. all day long, <laughs> but B, like what a major shift. And there's, there's some shame that I had to go through, like shedding that shame of like, you know, hiding my own kids. But amazing that we've gotten to a place where that is completely acceptable um, and actually like a demand that women have placed on these, you know, in the workplace. Now, of course, I own my own business and I can do whatever I want, but they're they're old enough now that they don't need me. And so it's like there is there is a bit of a man, I missed out on some stuff. There were lots of birthdays. I was in a different, mm -hmm. was in a different state or continent. Um, but you know, we all have our own journeys and I love that, that you're doing this work because it's so important that we have to give ourselves permission to like prioritize the things that are most important and you can still, you know, have a great output and great performance at your job, but the family has to come first. Yeah. And you actually have to come first. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you yeah. can't prioritize yourself, you can't prioritize anyone else around you. It's like if your cup's not full and if you're not showing up for you, you can't yeah. pour from it for others. I'm actually yeah. really curious, like what were you doing for work at the time? And if you're aware of what led you to have those thoughts around like I can't tell someone about my my kids and I can't tell someone about my life behind the scenes. Well, it was, it was just shamed all the time. Anybody that brought up their kids, it was like, that's not important. This is important. And your job was always hung over your head. I was in IT doing uh, okay. marketing, um, heavily male dominated um, company. The company that I was at was definitely an old boys club. Um, and that just like, you know, permeated through every company after that. And it wasn't until 2000 eight, no, 2013, when I went to uh, a company called VMware, which was way more about family first and like had a really solid culture that I actually felt like I could say, no, I have my kids practice to go to. So I'm going to come back online later or work longer another day or whatever. And even still that line of thinking is so archaic, but that was 
that was actually like the first time that me or any of my peers had that type of experience. It was like 2013. So it wasn't that long ago, which is mm. crazy. Yeah. But through my own trauma, you know, it was very obvious to me that, you know, like you say, you've got to put yourself first. You've got to fill your own cup. Like that wasn't even a thought. And I firmly believe there were so many signs leading up to that trauma that was trying to get me to change my mindset, but I wasn't listening. And so that's the other thing is, you know, you're kind of, you kind of touched on it earlier. There are these, these little signs. And, you know, again, if you don't get really quiet, you ignore them. And so they get a little louder and you're like, oh, it's not really for me. And then it gets louder until I was literally on the rug in my front hallway, which is right outside that door, bawling my eyes out saying, this is not my life. I didn't sign up for this. Having my own suicidal ideations, thinking like, I, I don't know where to go from here, but I know this is not the answer. And that is what <clears throat> caused this major shift in my life to leave that whole, you know, great corporate paying job that I had to be able to focus on my family saying, if, if, I, if this isn't right, if my core isn't right, what is the money or the title or the, the travel? What, none of that matters. So yeah. bit of a wake up call. Mm. Yeah. I'm, where I am today. I'm hearing that like ground zero, right? If we were to give it oh, a yeah. name for you really helped you recognize that like you aren't balanced and like those, for example, like those four pillars, right? Like yep. you aren't nurturing yourself. You aren't showing up for your relationships. Like you're not actually happy here. No, and no. it no. sounds like you like had that realization that like the environment that you were in was leading you to act in a way that's actually out of integrity and out of alignment for you. And like how beautiful that you got to experience that ground zero and like burn the things to the ground that weren't working and that didn't feel good so that you could regrow and, and realign yourself with this life that you're living now. Yeah. And I think yeah. one of the things that I talk a lot with, with my clients and when I speak and in my keynote that I talk about is like the beauty that lies in the darkness. And I don't think that it's easy for the majority of the population to see that because they're not actually given the tools to navigate the darkness and, and the really, really hard challenges. And so they end up oftentimes in this victim mentality where it's like, my life sucks. I'm in a terrible place. Like, like I'm not, not going anywhere. This is going to be like this forever. I was like, it's not true. Like there's so much beauty that lies in that space of darkness and challenge. And you get to navigate through that knowing that there is so much beauty that lies on the other side. One of my songs that I wrote talks about this. It talks about like you have to see the darkness in order to actually appreciate and see the light. And it's so 100%. true. Yes, I know. And I couldn't agree more. And I think there are so many people that don't realize that we all get a turn. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's 10-year-old attempts suicide. Somebody's 10-year-old has, you know, cancer and somebody else like has some other, you know, uh, story. And, and the truth is that's also his story. So my story might still be out there and I'm open to, you know, when that hits, I will welcome that in just as I welcomed, you know, that experience in. There, There's a um, quote from this book, Blessed in the Darkness, that is, I had a friend send that to me as I was trying to heal our family. And it says, trouble is your transportation. 
And that mm. hit me between the eyes. Ooh, that's it's good. Like, isn't it good? And I said <sighs> it millions of times a day for like a solid year to say like, hang on, this is obviously less than ideal, but it's going to bring me to such a beautiful place, a place far better than what I could have imagined. I just have to hold on. So that was, that was kind of like, I keep thinking I need to get it on, uh, put on me as a tattoo or something. Cause it's mm -hmm. just like, it's so, it is definitely the thing that I anchored myself to every single day. Do you have any tattoos? I do. I have two of them. I don't think you can see it though. That one says yeah. you go girl. That's Ooh, um, cute. My mom gave me this pin and wrote like a little note that says you go girl. And uh, when she died, I was like, I need a tattoo of my mom. And the other one's a cow, which is like on my pelvis, which I will not show you. <laughs> That's okay. You can keep that so one too. done recording. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, it. Yeah. I think that's such a beautiful part about tattoos is that at least for me, I'm very intentional about what I put on my body. And there's always something in the tattoo, in the ink that reminds me to reconnect with this reminder or this part of my life or this experience that I've had that helps me reflect on how far I've come. And so like, I love what you're talking about is like trouble being your transportation and just like that reminder allows you to have gratitude mm -hmm. every single day day for the journey that you've been on to get to where you are right now, right? Yeah. Where like your whole life is about freaking joy. <laughs> we, we were talking before oh, we had <laughs> about like, your husband, right? And you were just like, yeah, no, we're, we're going to talk about joy every single day. Like, every day. <laughs> and, and, and that's why I love so much. And I'm so appreciative of what you're doing here because I think bringing the light to being able to find the joy, even through the troubles, even through yeah. the, the challenges, like it's so important. And again, like we aren't taught the tools to do this. We aren't taught how to focus on these things and how to support ourselves and regulate ourselves and do these things so that we can experience joy. And, you know, I always go back to like, had I had the mindfulness tools, had I had the understanding of the mind-body connection, had someone dropped me in to my breath, my body, my feelings, my emotions, starting in elementary school, holy crap, my life would be so different. And I, you know, I always am like reminded every single day I used to stand up and I used to say the Pledge of Allegiance every single day in school. Like imagine if those 30 seconds, those 60 seconds, those five minutes of announcements actually were you being dropped into your body and connecting with what's alive in you as a child. Like, oh my God, if every school did that, like the world would be such a different place. Yeah. Filled with like affirmations, like you're enough, you're beautiful, you're amazing. No, instead when I was 10, my cousin called me fat and it destroyed my body image for mm -hmm. 34 years. Like I didn't wear a bikini until I was 44. Wow. How did that feel to actually that. wear a bikini? Oh my God. I was like, I want everybody to notice. Like I, yeah, I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> yes, queen. Was amazing. And that's all I do now. I'm like, I, I have, um, a woman that was on my show a few weeks ago and she wrote a book, bury me in my bathing suit. And I'm like, I'm all about it. Ooh. that, that will be me. I don't know that I'll actually be buried, probably cremated, but like seriously in a bikini forever. Like yeah. Maybe yeah. not today. Cause it like, we just got like a foot of snow last night. And so <laughs> cold. 
But no cold plunges for you? <laughs> no, no. I won't even get in the hot tub right now. <laughs> oh my goodness, you're so funny. This has been such a great conversation, Leah. Um, anything you want to say um, before we wrap? Mm, it's alive for me today. Yeah, I just, I want, I want the person who's listening to this to know that no matter what it is that they're moving through, that they always get to have a choice. Like it's always your choice and what your life looks like. You can't choose what happens to you, but you can choose how you respond and how you navigate that experience. And if your life doesn't feel good for you, if there's something in one of those four pillars that doesn't feel good for you, if you go through the Awareness Seeker Workshop and you find these areas of your world that you're just like, actually, that's a no for me. Like you get to make change and this is your life. You get to put yourself first. You get to have whatever you desire and you get to create this experience to be something that has so much joy that has so much love that just feels really, really good for you. And if you're struggling with any aspect of the conversation that we had today, like I just invite you to reach out to me, even if we don't end up working together. Like I just really love connecting with beautiful people. I love having conversations. I love getting to know my followers. I love getting to know the people in my communities that take part in my free coaching workshops that jump into any part of, of my world. Because connection is everything to me. Intimacy is everything to me. And, you know, I just invite you in if you're struggling or if there's any way that I can be of support to you, um, I'm here to walk that path. Beautiful. And for those that feel they need the permission, there it was right there. And so many women really do feel like they need permission to, you know, think differently and actually like take that first step. So, there's your permission. Don't delay, you know, reach out to Leah, you know, take her, participate in her workshop, get, you know, become a part of her tribe um, because you do get one life to live. And so you might as well maximize it and really step in fully to your purpose. Be all of you. Like you, you get to be all of you and all of you is so welcome here. Beautiful. Well, that was another edition of Joy Unleashed. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. Thank you for tuning in to Joy Unleashed. As always, it's my honor to be your host and joyologist, Colleen Greco. Follow me at the Colleen Greco on Instagram for daily motivation and inspiration. And don't forget to leave my show a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, sisters. <laughs>